Hello, everyone, and welcome to Old Nerd New Tricks. This is a brand new show. It is a guide to D&D, and I'm joined today by the old man nerd. Yeah, you heard me. I'm the man nerd. This is the old man nerd. He's my dad. How's it going, Carl or dad? I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> so want to know how I got all nerdy? Well, you just have to talk to this guy right here. <laughs> So today we are going to start a series of these episodes where we talk about how to play D&D. And since my dad's never played D&D, it's a perfect person to start with. So to start out, I'm going to talk about the history of D&D. So in the 60s, the creators of Dungeons and Dragons played war games. They were tabletop army versus army type games. Then they started creating war gaming clubs where they would get people together and then they'd have uh, even a convention that they made. In the early 70s, Gary Gygax and Jeff Perrin created their own medieval fantasy war game, and that was called Chainmail. Eventually, there was a fantasy supplement that they added to the rules that kind of added Tolkien fantasy style stuff. This would add fantasy creatures and items the first edition of Chainmail Fantasy Supplement added such concepts as elementals, magic swords, uh, spells like fireball and lightning bolt. Then from there, the first iteration of Dungeons & Dragons was created by Gary Gygax and Dave Arnson. They created a game that was not army against army, but a hero character that is controlled by a player and the storyteller runs the game. The game got published in 1974, then became a phenomenon with the newest version in 1977. There have been several versions of this game since, as everybody knows. And then the newest one as of now is D&D 5th Edition. Now that we know the history, all right, Dad, old man nerd, what is D&D to you? What What do you think D&D is? Well, uh... I, I think it's it's basically the the cornerstone that most of these video role playing games, you know, or a lot of them were uh, were based on. They're all, you know, you you play the hero in the video game, and uh, you uh, you build up your skills and and uh, your arsenal of weapons, and you go off and uh, save the world. That's that's what I think D and D is is the uh, grandfather of all of that. Uh, I'm sure that most of the uh, game creators probably uh, played D and D. It, it didn't come along until I was two years out of high school and already working. So otherwise, I'm sure you know I would have been into it. But uh, then later, the video games came, and 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 that's that's where I got into it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, I think you're right. Yeah, a lot of those fantasy games, definitely, they had to have been influenced by Dungeons and Dragons in one way or another, even if they, the creators didn't play. Absolutely. One question, since you said that you were just out of high school when it came out, what was your, it, was it like a widespread thing? Did you know about it or was it just years later before you even heard about it? Well, I mean, it came out, as you said, in 74. And I really hadn't heard nothing about it. I mean, I was reading 
all kinds of you know like the dragon riders of pern and all of these all of these fantasy novels you know there obviously there weren't really any any sophisticated video games at that time i had pong but uh yep <laughs> yeah, yeah i i don't i don't think it came onto my radar until until the 80s you know and some some neighbor kids and stuff were starting to to play it you know, I don't think most kids get into it until, you know, middle school or high school. Yeah. That's when it be, I really started to hear about it. But in 74, I think it was just a very limited market, you know? Yeah. And like you said, in the 80s, you know, that's when that's when I started. Well, of course, I am an 80s kid when it comes down <laughs> to it. But yeah. when I... When I see, you know, pop culture movies and then, you know, listen to other people, that's that's when I feel like it really became a thing. In the 80s, that's when the kids yeah. started playing it. And then that's when it started to grow into, you know, what it is today. Absolutely. Now, one question before we get into some basics on D&D. &D. When you think of D&D &D right now, what comes to mind? Do you just picture dragons do you picture role playing do you just picture the fantasy games that you like what do you picture to me i picture just really cool stories you know uh heroes going out in the world and trying to save the damsels in distress all right that is a good way to start <laughs> so let's before we get into our character building which is going to be today's you know focus let's go through a few elements of dnd i'm just going to simplify everything here I'm not an expert. I've only been pl playing D&D a while, so this is this is my viewpoint on it. I broke it down into certain things, just a few. The first one is the players. You can't have this game without the players. Right. The players create their character, not only what they do, but who they are, where they came from. That's like one of the principal things. You get to be somebody else or yourself, who knows? You can create a character however you want. But the freedom of that is just amazing. I already know the answer to this, but you already have kind of an idea of what you want your character to be. Yes, I do. I, 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 I was look. I was thinking of somebody kind of on the fringes. He's not really accepted in society. You know, initially I was thinking of a human character, but uh, you don't, you don't really get get as uh, looking at the D and D side. Uh, you don't get so much variety with that. So I was thinking maybe half human, half orc, because he'd be really strong. And, and that's the, the profession that, that he's doing, you know, five days a week is, is a hod carrier. So, so he'd be perfect for that because he can carry a lot. Oh, good. I'm glad you said that because what you did there trying to find a class that works with your idea is one of the main things you want to think about when you're building the character. So we don't even have to talk about that later since you already figured that out. <laughs> so that's a good thing to, to think about. You go through the classes, see what kind of meshes with what you're looking to do, who you think that your character is. So that is perfect. Now, moving on from the player's element, the storyteller. The storyteller is the dungeon master, also known as the DM or in other platforms, the GM. They direct the game, the story, and the flow. They usually come up with the entire story. 
but they're basically a storyteller and a referee for the game. They tell you what you can and can't do, tell you the rules, all that stuff. And sometimes bend or break the rules, depends on how much fun they want to have or how much they want to make the players mad. <laughs> so when you think of a of the DM, what do you what do you think they do other than what I just told you? Well, as you said, they they are the storyteller. The the world is in is in their head and uh, they they put it they put it out there for the characters to uh, to live in the world, but as a character, you're living in their head. So they're the ultimate, they're God. <laughs> yep. That's what we call our DM, God. Yeah. He doesn't like it. <laughs> so the next element of this, of course, is the story itself. So every story is different. The DM typically comes up with that, but that doesn't mean that he came up with the whole thing. Even the DM can be surprised by what happens. What actually happens is not only up to the DM. The players play a significant role in how things turn out. And that's all depending on their choices and the, how they interpret things. They can completely make decisions that the DM does not know they were going to do. And the DM just has to create things right off the bat to make that work. And that probably changes the story quite a bit. So that's something to keep in mind because these games can just be really crazy unless the DM you know, forces the group to go certain ways, which they can, because you, if you have an imagination, you can do whatever you want. But the freedom of being able to make whatever you want as a player happen is pretty amazing. Yeah, I think it's. it seems to me like, you know, as a moderator, you have to kind of keep people on track because, uh, you know, otherwise it's, it's like a conversation. If everybody's talking at once, you, you never you never you never finish the conversation it's just it just goes in a million different directions so see so it's important that you have a a dungeon master that's that's got a strong personality and can can kind of keep people on the right track yep yeah that is very important now moving away from the story itself but just my last element, I know there's more, but basic element is the group itself. Now, when you get a group of people together, that can be a little bit hectic, trying to get everybody <laughs> to work together. And a part of this that works really well is if you have people in a group that choose characters that really work with their personality, their their real personality. So, if, Or they're just really good at role-playing. But for first timers, I'd say pick a character that works with how you think or how you how you feel like you think and create something that you know that you can just inherently just roll with. And I think that's very important to start with because that makes it fun for everybody if they have their different personalities, their different ways of thinking that they put into their characters and then you can just mesh together pretty well other than you know trying to be something you're not if you're not really good at role playing that could be a little bit hard sound makes sense okay so now we're gonna get to the good stuff so we got the elements player storyteller story itself and the group now we're gonna get into building a character if everybody would like to follow along with us we are going to be using dnd beyond's character creator so if you go to D&D Beyond and create a, 
profile. Then from there, you can click on collections and then click on my characters. And then on the upper right hand side, there is a black square. It says create a character. So that's where we're going to start. All right. Are you ready to do this old man nerd? Yeah, I'm on the page. Okay. So now it gives you different options here. Standard, quick build, randomize. Quick build will just give you a random first level character. Rand, uh, and you can, you know, create a, a few things there. And then you can randomize a character completely if you want. But we're going to build this one from scratch. So go ahead and click on standard. And you won't need the show text help. But if you're new to this and you want a little bit more help on what things mean, then go ahead and click that box so it can give you some tips. I've got you, so I don't need that box. Yep. <laughs> okay, so now we're in uh, character preferences here. So this is where the sources, the content sources are. So go ahead and just click everything on. So homebrew content, critical role, which is a very popular D&D podcast video type show. They're probably the biggest D&D real play show that's out there right now. Then playtest content. Magic the Gathering, Eberron. They even have Rick and Morty. Do I want to click on non-core. that? Yeah, just click on everything. We're going to have everything available. Got it. And on this site, you don't start with everything. Uh, you do have to buy books uh, to get certain content from certain books because that's just how this works. There's a lot of content in D&D. So you'll just start out with the basic stuff here. And then you can build on what you want. And then one cool thing about this whole platform is let's say I create a campaign and then I invite you to it. You can create a character in that campaign and I can share my resources with you. So you can actually build a character with everything I already have. So that's a cool feature that this has. All right. So moving on, we're just going to keep everything the way it is. So hit point type fixed. We don't really need to discuss any of this stuff in detail. We're just building the character. We'll talk about all that stuff in another episode in a little bit more detail. Did I want to add optional features at all? Yeah, you can. Yeah, let's go ahead and uh, customize your origin, add class features, because that's something pretty new and it's it's kind of fun. And then under encumbrance type, let's, let's do no encumbrance. So we don't want to... Eventually, in some campaigns, it's nice to, you know, the more things you carry, the slower you are type of thing, but we're not even going to worry about that. I hate that in video games. I hate those uh, yep. load limits. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, so now you're going to go to the blue arrow to the right and go to next. Got it. You're going to go over to the next page. So this is where we're going to choose the race. Now, that's what you talked about earlier. You decided on a half work to kind of go with what you were going for. So there's tons of options here, lots of different races that you can go with. And there's a bunch of sub races in those races as well. So you could just go see what they say, see what kind of advantages they have, you know, what their backgrounds are, and then pick what works better for your character that you have in mind. So let's go ahead and pick a half work. So it's going to tell you a little bit about the half work here. Okay, let's choose the race. Hit it. Okay, so now let's go to, yeah. Okay, so this is kind of a newer feature here. You see racial traits there, where the, the green line is under it? 
It's right under Half Orc's detail page, right above Dark Vision. Yeah, I, I, I'm on there now. Okay, so click Origin Manager just to the right of that. So we're going to do a few things here. All right, so now you see replacement traits? Uh, I'm on the... Yes, I'm on there. Okay, so now we're going to click on Origin Ability Score Increase, and then Origin Proficiency and Origin Languages. So those are going to be options that we're going to have. Okay. Okay, now we're going to click on Next. So now this is where you choose not just your race, but your your class. So you're going to choose what kind of specialty you have. So you said you want him to be a, like a strong fighter. You can pick from these ones. You can pick a lot of things that make them fighters, but the main fighters are going to be a barbarian, which is what I'm thinking for what your character idea is. You can also just be a plain fighter. A monk is more of a martial artist. A paladin is really strong, but more like a, uh, how could I say it? A religion-based fighter. Right. They fight for something good. They fight for the good. And then that's about it in the straight fighter classes. Yeah, I'm just, uh, my idea for him is, you know, he's he's basically a beginner, you know, he's, He's got a job. He lives in town. Uh, he, you know, as I said, he's a hod carrier, so he carries uh, he carries um, mortar and stuff for for masons. But uh, he he's a he's a total beginner. He wants he wants to belong. You know, he wants to be accepted. So he wants to start helping people, going out and doing good deeds for people. So okay, I'm I'm not sure he'd be a barbarian because he wants he wants to fit in with the human maybe just a, f a fighter now one question does he have a temper issue um i don't see him as having one no okay because the barbarians have this thing called rage that you can go into and it you know creates certain effects so we'll go straight with fighter on this one based on your idea so let's click on fighter add class got it Okay, so now this is where we get to pick a few things with the fighter on level one, or you can upgrade your levels. So if you see you're on level one right now, we're going to keep it on level one because we're just going to create a level one character here. Cool. So on the hit points part, you don't have to really do anything. We have it set to fix, so it's automatically going to give you your hit points, which is your health. And as you level up, you get more health. So when you get hit, it takes a certain amount of hit points away. And then when you run out of hit points, you're unconscious. When you get a negative amount of hit points, that equals your hit points. Like, let's say your hit points are 10, and then you get negative 10, then you are dead forever. You're dead. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. So now we have some choices to make here. So we can click on proficiencies. So let's do that. So this is where we can see what you're good at. Okay. We, we can kind of pick what you're good at. So what are you thinking for him? You told me before he's kind of clumsy, so he probably wouldn't be good at acrobatics or athletics, correct? Right. Yeah. I, I see him as just sheer power, you know, so with a like a pole axe or, or a mace, something something heavy. So if he does hit you, you're down, but he doesn't always hit you. Okay, so <laughs> let's let's talk about this now. 
what other things do you think he's good at? So we're going to scratch acrobatics and athletics, and maybe he'll grow on that. Maybe he'll get better on that as he levels up. But right now our choices are animal handling, his history, insight, intimidation, perception, and survival. I'm thinking uh, animal handling because, you know, he lives in the, I, I see him as like having to sleep in the barn with the, uh, with the horses and the pigs. <laughs> That's where he's grown. Okay. He's grown up with animals. Now for the second one, what's his second one? Survive. I'm thinking survival or perception, but more survival for me. He seems like somebody that can take care of himself. Yeah, that sounds, yeah, I, I, I would think so. I mean, he's, I see him as somebody who's really, uh, just, just really wants to do good and, and, uh, he never gives up. Okay. So now what these things are going to do is when you're playing the game, you're going to have certain proficiencies. So when you roll certain things, it's going to give you a bonus. Let's say you're trying to tame a, a horse to ride it or something. That animal handling is going to come in handy. Let's say you're in a, a forest and you're trying to find an animal. Uh, survival is going to really boost that. Okay. That's going to help. Or making a fire or something like that. So that stuff's going to come in handy for those situations. Now we're getting to some fun stuff. So let's go to fighting style. Got it. All right. Pick what kind of fighting style you're proficient at. Options are archery, blind fighting, defense, dueling, great weapon fighting, interception, protection, superior technique, thrown weapon, two weapon fighting, or unarmed fighting. So since you said a mace, I'm thinking great weapon fighting. Yeah, I think, you know, because he's, he's all strength, you know? Yeah, so he'll be good with the big heavy weapons. Cool. Okay. So now you can just see one other thing that you have on level one is second wind. You have a limited well of stamina that you can draw on to protect yourself from harm. On your turn, you can use a bonus action to regain hit points equal to 1d10 plus your fighter's level. Once you use this feature, you must finish a short or long rest before you can use it again. Now that really comes in handy, especially at the lower levels here where you don't have much hit points. So that's going to help you out a lot. So if you run low on hit points, your, your health, then you're going to be able to use that as a bonus action. So when you're performing something like, a, like you're hitting somebody, and then as a bonus action on that same turn, you can get some life back. So that's pretty cool. Cool. All right, so now let's pick next here. Now this is going to be our ability scores. So on this, to make it easy, I typically go to the choose a generation method drop-down menu, and then let's go with the point by system. So this gives you a certain amount of points to put towards what the, the abilities, the strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, charisma. So this is where people will start wanting to uh, have their character more efficient in what they're building it for. So eventually you'll want to learn what classes use certain ability scores to make them better. So like certain magical classes, it's charisma. Certain magical classes, it's wisdom that you want to really have high scores on. On you, since you're a fighter, you typically would want to, you know, be dexterous and have a lot of strength and constitution. And all the other stuff really, you don't really need. So... 
let's go ahead and start getting you some points here. So what do you think is going to be his strongest trait? It, the strength, like you were saying? Yeah, yeah, I think so. strength and constitution are going to be... Uh... So let's go ahead and... A lot of people don't like to min-max these things, but when you're trying to make your character the best it can be, I did build a character just blindly knowing what to do my first character and it turned out later in a campaign to kind of hinder what I can do a bit so I do want to max you out on certain things because it'll help you out for what your character is be making more proficient so let's max him out on strength how do I and then constitution so 15 on each how do I do that so the drop down menu on strength click it okay. and then go to 15 and then constitution let's see how many points we have left so we don't have many left so we're probably going to want to you're going to want to be dexterous so let's put some points in there so pick up any points you want to put in there and then the rest of everything else yeah i i, I would like him to have a little charisma because i see him as a as a really kind of a nice guy for an orc you know <laughs> but okay uh okay so on dexterity I see him as kind of really clumsy because he's just starting out. Okay, then you might want to keep that low. And trying to get the dexterity up later on is going to be hard, though, just so you know. Uh, so, like, well, getting certain ability scores up later gets a little bit rough to do because you can only do certain things like that every so many levels. So just keep that in mind. So maybe three points. Yeah, probably definitely give him a little bit of dexterity. And then you could just throw the rest over to Charisma if you'd like. Well, I, I, haven't, I haven't given him any Constitution yet. Yeah, go ahead and max out the Constitution because we want we want him to be strong. Okay, yeah, and Intelligence and Wisdom, I don't think that's a, that's a thing for him. So we'll go, uh, the rest will be Charisma. So. Okay, so you're doing, you're doing three points on Dexterity and then how many points on Charisma? Uh, on charisma, I'd say the rest of them. So he's got okay. We've got six left. So you got, so you got one point left. So you can put it anywhere you want. Uh, you can only put in intelligence or wisdom, actually. Right. Yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it in intelligence. Or you can give it give one more to dexterity, actually. So that is up to you. Yeah, I think I'll add a little intelligence. Okay. So nine to intelligence. So he's 15 strength, 11 dexterity, 15 constitution, 9 intelligence, no wisdom, he's 8, and charisma 13. Okay, that sounds good. All right, so now we're going to hit next. Got it. And this is where we start to get a little per perks from your background. So let's choose your background. I don't see him as an acolyte. I don't see him as a criminal spy from what you said. Sounds like maybe he, maybe he's not a soldier. Since he, since you feel like he's just beginning on this one, not a sage, not a noble, not an investigator, not a haunted one. I think the best thing for him might be folk hero. That's what I. That's he's trying to help. Yeah, that's out. what I was looking at. That's what he wants to be. Yeah, because he wants to. He wants to be accepted. Okay, so now we can choose some skills here, so we can kind of add on to what you think he's really good at. So go ahead and pick two skills. So one on each drop-down menu, and uh, tell me why. What would performance be? Uh, performance, that could be more like certain things like their 
like if you were a bard and putting on a performance when you're growing up to oh, sing I or see. you're, you know, doing something like that. Or, you know, sometimes they could say performance or deception, depending on what you're trying to do. But yeah, it would be something like that. I, I, nature, for one, what, what would that constitute? So typically nature is usually with people that, you know, are good with nature things like if they want to be good with animals, which you already have animal handling, so that'll help with that uh, in a way. So you can kind of know in times if what animals are what or what plants are what, certain things like that. And since you're good at survival, that'll probably be a good one. I think like a for what you're going for herbalism or something, you know, you're, you, you know what works for you know, you can help your, you can help your crew uh, with the medicinal problem. Yeah, and no since you're, you're not going for a healer class, no. so typically if you're going for, you know, healer class or anything like that, you'd want to be like a druid, something like that, or even clerics can have some nature stuff. But normally in like a fighter situation, they'd want to have like acrobatics or athletics or something like that. But you're not going for just the strong fighter type you want him to have some depth so let's go ahead and throw that nature in there for sure okay uh, now on my second skill do i have the same choices yes but uh nature is no longer in there well i see him as athletic you know because he's okay I mean... so that would help his scores for sure so since you're you are trying to help out with you know certain dexterity things it would probably be good to put some athletics there because he's really strong, you know, and, uh, you know, he's got a, a good constitution. Just not as coordinated as you would think. He's a little well, he bit hasn't, clumsy. Well, he hasn't grown up <laughs> learning how to fight. Okay, and that's something you can build on. You can build on that dexterity. Okay, so let's see. So you said, uh, so what would he have on him? Mason's tools. There's all sorts of things. He's a hod, he's a hod carrier, so... You know, they, they, they build houses with uh, bricks and things like that. Now we made those choices. Now we get to see a few things that you get here. So you get rustic hospitality. Since you come from the ranks of the common folk, you fit in among them with ease. You can find a place to hide, rest, or recuperate among other commoners, unless you have shown yourself to be a danger to them. They will shield you from the law or anyone else searching for you though they will not risk their lives for you. So you kind of get a, an advantage when you're among the common folk. Good. All right, so suggested characteristics. You can do this on your own time. They, these kind of give you personality traits to think about. You can build your character however, however you want, and you don't even have to add this in. But sometimes, you know, having these little ideas kind of help, like personality traits, ideals, bonds, flaws, that sort of thing. It kind of helps you build them more right off the bat. So you can do that on your spare time if you'd like. Now let's go to some character details. So alignment. So this is where you get to pick evil, neutral, good, in between all of those. So you're thinking he's more good than anything. So he would probably be lawful good. Unless he kind of goes away from the norm and he's trying to do good but he doesn't really follow the law then we can go chaotic good no i think he i think he wants to fit in so he's he's gonna he's gonna do it the right way unless un, unless that 
you know, unless that doesn't work. You know, he's always going to try and do it the legal. All right. And then from here, there are so many deities in this, in D&D. So you can pick whatever you want as a faith. You don't have to have one right off the bat. You can figure that out later, or you don't, don't have to have one. That's up to you. Certain classes, certain races, it really helps if you do, because that really helps concrete your background or where you're going. Like my first character, I was a sorcerer, and then I multi-classed into a cleric so I can have healing powers. And I just took one level of it, but I was I had to pick a, you know, a deity and I picked Saloon. That really was cool with the story, especially the DM making it work. And it was just some awesome moments because of that. So that's something to think about later. Is there a place where you can research the uh, the religions and stuff? Because he'd either have like whatever the orc believe in or or he'd pick up some human religion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And there's tons. Uh, all you have to do is go on plenty of D&D sites. Uh, I believe even D&D Beyond has a lot of this stuff on here. But what I did for me is I kind of had the idea of what I wanted to look for. I wanted to look for like a, a female god. So I found Saloon. She's the goddess of the moon and kind of went from there. But there's so many. There's even orc gods. So you can just uh, do some research on that and see what works better for you. Cool. Or works the best for you. Uh, so lifestyle. Uh, this is not wealthy no is he poor or is he modest well i'd say modest because i mean he he has a he has a job and and he's good at okay. it because he's so strong you know it's all about caring and then this is where we're gonna put in some physical characteristics now you can change this later if you want or you can just leave it for later but you can put in some hair skin eyes height weight age gender all that stuff okay so did you want to do that now or just just think about it later? Well, yeah, I mean, I'd need to figure out what, you know, since he's half human, half orc, what that would mean in size. In, in He'd size. be pretty, pretty big. He's big. Yeah, for pretty big compared much to Much bigger a human. than a human, but not as big as an orc. Okay. All right. So let's move on from that. And then you could just do gender male then, since that's what I'm guessing you're, you're thinking. Oh, yeah. Still young but I'll need to research how long orcs live. Yeah, I don't know that offhand. Yeah, there's certain races that live very, very long. Okay, so from there, we got some personal characteristics you could put in there. The personality traits, ideals, bonds, that all that stuff we talked about. We don't have to worry about that now. Sometimes you like to just go with the flow and play with the character and figure out those things as you go. Sounds, sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's click the next button. Got it. Let's get you some starting equipment. Click on starting equipment, or it's already clicked on, and then choose equipment, not gold. It says choose equipment or gold, we'll choose equipment. I, I feel like he would probably uh, have tried to accumulate some kind of fighting gear. Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't see him as an archer, maybe chainmail. Okay, so chainmail, got it. And then do you want a bigger weapon and a shield or two weapons? I, I see him as uh, as as he's he's fighting with two handed, so he probably won't have a shield. OK, so let's choose some weapons here. A martial weapon would be would that fit into the heavy weapons class? 
yeah, that's going to be a, a bigger weapon. So you're thinking a a mall? Were you thinking a mall? Mall or great at? Well, no, I see them more as as a blunt a blunt instrument. So yeah, like a, okay. a mall or a, a warhammer, maybe. Okay. Yeah, that would be good. So let's let's click on a warhammer. Those are two handed. And then pick two handed, right? Uh, let's see here. So you can look this stuff up. Yeah, it's uh, it's versatile. So it's not specifically a two-handed weapon. It's one-handed. So you're good. So you can have two of those if you want, or one warhammer, or one something else. Martial weapons. They two warhammers. All right. So we going with two warhammers there? Got it. Yes. Okay. All right. So now you're gonna want something that you can, you know, shoot. So. A crossbow would probably be good since he's not really an archer, but you want something with some distance. So a light crossbow would probably be good. You can throw hand axes, but once you throw them, you have to go get them to throw them again. So that's one of those things that you want to take into account there. It's really good to have some distance sometimes. Okay. Yeah, I won't. I, I, I doubt he's going to be very good at it, but yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. Okay. And now a Dungeoneer's pack or an Explorer's pack? I see him more of an, as an Explorer's pack. So he's going to be, you know, out for days at a time, not really trudging through dungeons or anything like that, just out in the world. Well, and that, that fits into the survival skill. Yep. Okay, so he's going to get a backpack, a bedroll, a mess kit, tinderbox, torches, 10 days of rations, water skin. And a lot of DMs don't really make you eat or drink regularly and keep rations so that's really up to the dm but on your first go it's probably not a good idea to put that in as a requirement because then you're just thinking about way too many things at once but eventually it's a good challenge to have i hate that in the in the rpg video games you know because because yeah. you always end up <laughs> you don't have time to follow the storyline because you're always dying from starvation or thirst. <laughs> yep. I hate that. Okay, so now we can pick folk hero starting equipment. We we already picked some the, the mason's tools. Now, what else do you want? What do you think he'll be good at? Do you think he'll uh he brews his own ale? He can have some brewer supplies. Do you think he makes maps? He could be a cartographer's tools. <laughs> what are you thinking? Is he a good cook? I'd say, you know, being a tradesperson, he's he's probably good at other things. Uh, I see him maybe maybe tinkers, like he can fix things. Okay. All right. And do you want him to start out with the shovel, iron pot, common clothes? You definitely want him to start out with clothes. <laughs> and then we, and then you could have some gold point, some some gold pieces okay some 10 gold pieces to start with that sounds good okay go to next so you have all of that stuff now oh i'm rich now we're now we're at the end now just go to a view character sheet all right so now that we have the character made we've got our character sheet up our next episode we're gonna go uh go about how to read this thing so we'll go a little bit in depth on everything here and what you're going to need to know before you play. Now, don't go crazy on knowing everything right off the bat. There is a lot in this, in character sheets with D&D, &D, especially in here, because there's so many different things you can do. 
So we'll just go piece by piece. And then uh, anything else you need to know, you can figure out from your DM while you're playing. So this was a good episode. Did you have fun creating your fighter who's clumsy? I, I did. I, I, I'm almost starting to get a picture of what he looks like in my head. Awesome. All right. So till next time, I am the band nerd and I will be joined next time by old man nerd. Oh, yeah. All right. See you later, everyone. I, I can't think of anything. <laughs> oh, there it is. That's it. I can't think of anything. <laughs> perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> See you later.